following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. Good morning once again and welcome to Community Gospel. Uh, my name is Jordan. Uh, as you guys know, I'm the lead pastor here at Community Gospel. This is my friend Craig Clapper. Craig, go ahead and say hi. Hello. <laughs> uh, I've been at Community Gospel for almost 10 years. Isn't that crazy, Craig? Wow. That's hard to believe. Uh, how many years the senior pastor? You're, you were the youth pastor first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we're looking at eight uh, in lead and then we did two with youth. So that's kind of where uh, we're at. Craig, why don't you tell people who you are and kind of how you got here? Okay, well, I was uh, for 26 years the pastor of an evangelical free church just down the road, live right down the road, and during that time I got to know Jordan. And uh, since I, I retired in 2013, I've spent time here. Jordan and I have, uh, while well, we meet often, but I've also... Uh, uh, led trips to Israel, two of those Jordan's been on, and we have one planned for this fall. So yeah. he's just a friend. Yeah, and if you're interested in Israel uh, and uh, you're looking to go, uh, by all means, we would love to have you. Um, we're taking a trip uh, end of November, early December. Correct. Um, so if you're interested in that, let us know. Um, Craig, uh, why are we friends? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like you. You're a good guy. Um uh, I think when you get older like me, uh, I think if you're mature, you look uh, behind you and see, is, is there anybody back there I can help along? It's no longer, it shouldn't have ever been, but it's not about yourself. You just want to help out the next generation, the young guys. And uh, uh, Jordan, another great thing about Jordan, Jordan uh, actually is very good at trying to surround himself with uh, older, wiser men that have some notches under their belt and have made a lot of mistakes and maybe help you not to make the same ones. Yeah, I think it's important and critical and crucial for people to have uh, a good support system and make sure that we're learning and make sure that we're uh, doing diligence there too as well. But I think uh, we got a lot of things in common too, which is which is good. Mm -hmm. um, and just somebody to spur along on the way. Hey, today we're in 1 Peter, and we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, we're going to look at verse 22 through 25, if you guys want to open up your Bibles there. Um, we're going to be walking a little bit through this passage, and you guys uh, know that we've been preaching on 1 Peter and looking at the text. We talked about the greeting. Obviously, Peter's our uh, author, Peter, uh, also Simon um, from uh, Jesus' uh, disciples. Uh, Peter gets a little bit of a bad rap. One Israel trip that we took, uh, mm. you said something that was really interesting, Craig, about Peter and him being the spokesman for the group. You want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I think we all have heard people say, and I said it myself, uh, Peter seemed to have foot and mouth disease. He would speak up and so forth. But in the rabbinical fashion of teaching, uh, Peter was the oldest disciple. He was the lead disciple. He would be front in line. And he was to be the spokesman of the group. The other 11 weren't supposed to speak until Peter had spoken. 
So uh, I guess maybe that put him in a position where sometimes he'd say the wrong thing, but at least he, he spoke up. He was the leader of the 12. Yeah, gives us a little bit of perspective on who Peter is too. Um, we often see him as the loudmouth, but maybe he's just speaking for the group sometimes, you know, which, is, which mm -hmm. is good. Peter writes to uh, the churches that are scattered all throughout um, modern day Turkey and writes to what they call um, the exiles in dispersion. We see that in verse 1. And then he calls them to be believers in a living hope, um, and that's mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, our living hope. And we've been talking about that a little bit, um, and he goes through what Jesus has done for us. He died on the cross. He rose again. And then we realize that as we are called into that relationship with him, we're called to due diligence by being holy, and being holy is being set apart uh, from the rest of the world. And he's going to talk about that in the rest of uh, chapter 1 and into chapter 2, um, and, and this call for holiness, and that's kind of where we find ourselves today. Um, last week, we talked a little bit about what it looks like to be holy in regards to staying away from sin, and now, Craig, we get into this passage of Scripture, and Peter's going to talk about the one another's, and uh, interesting with the one another's in regards to this is not something new. This is something that Jesus actually comments on, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the first uh, one another you find in Scripture is actually uh, in the uh, uh, Gospel of Mark, and it speaks about uh, that we are to wash one another's feet uh, and uh, also to be at peace with one another. And, of course, right now we can't wash one another's feet. We can't do all that holy kissing that Scripture speaks about either. But uh, I have a list here of 59 one another's of Scripture. So it's a, it's a dominant theme. Yeah, New Testament theme obviously points us back to that we are called to love one another. We're called to care for one another. Love what Haddon Robinson says in regards to your neighbor. Who is my neighbor? Mm -hmm. And he said, your neighbor is anyone who has a need in which you are able to meet. Wow. Um, which is really a, a something for us to think about in our place right now in our society is who is my neighbor? My neighbor is anybody who has a need that I am able to meet physically, but also maybe it's uh, from a distance too as well. And we're going to be talking about that from a distance. Uh, let's go ahead and read this passage of Scripture. So we got 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, and it says, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So we're going to talk a little bit about loving one another and what that looks like from a distance, right, Greg? I mean, yeah. we're not supposed to be really close and in proximity to each other. And uh, I don't know if we're breaking the rules yeah, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you're only about four feet from me. It's supposed to be six. Right, right, right. Um, so anyway, uh, I'll have to kind of have to pull, you, pull you back in. Um, okay, just yeah. stay in the frame. But... Um, we're going to kind of break this down passage by passage, um, and you're looking um, from those 59 one another's, we see how many in Peter, how many kind yeah, of... Yeah, let me read Peter. to you just the ones that are in First Peter. It's just amazing. First uh, Peter 3.8, love one another deeply from the heart, uh, uh, live in harmony with one another. First Peter 4.8, love each other deeply. First uh, Peter 4.9, uh, offer hospitality to one another. First Peter 4.10, each one of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. 
1 Peter 5, 5, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. And then finally, 1 Peter 5, 14, greet one another with a kiss of love. So obviously uh, 59 times in uh, the New Testament, the one another's, but it sounds like uh, Peter was really into that as well. And over and over speaking about the fact in the passage, I think our purity and our obedience isn't just for us or even for the Lord. It says for other people. And if, uh, if our love isn't pure and self-sacrificial, then it, it's not true love. It's not sincere love as he shares here. The first thing we, we would have to do to pour a good foundation is how do we have pure love, Greg? I mean, we're going to go, let's just go mm -hmm. in 22 right here. It says, having purified your souls by obedience to the truth, a sincere brotherly love. How do we get that um, across to not only us, but our people? Um, what is sincere love? What does pure love look like? How do you get that? Well, it says uh, through obedience to the truth, and I think, first of all, it means you're a person of truth. You, you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. You're devoted to him. And out of that uh, comes, I think, a, a deep concern for other people. How can you say you love God if you don't love your neighbor mm -hmm. and uh, even love your enemies, which is tough? But uh, I think it can only flow out of a heart that, first of all, loves the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit Getting your eyes off yourself, you know. Uh, loving others is not a natural thing. Right. It's supernatural. We naturally are pretty self-absorbed. Yeah. Yeah, so it have to, it have to start with salvation. If you haven't trusted yeah. Christ as your Lord and Savior, um, that's number one. The biggest decision that you can ever make is to humble yourself and say, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And we do that by trusting Christ as our Savior through faith and putting our faith and trust in Him. Um, then sincerely, it's no longer about us. It's now living for that other person. So when we talk yeah. about brotherly love from a pure heart, it has to come from a clean heart, it has to come from a heart that's saved. Um, what does that look like in today's world? We're finding ourselves here uh, where I think a lot of people are, are trying to just take care of themselves and their own needs. How do we take care of um, our, our others, whoever that is, um, where we're finding ourselves right now? I think what we're finding right now might be certainly not to the degree, but a little bit of what they were experiencing being exiles. I've actually been to Cappadocia to the areas where these people, maybe Peter himself, hid out in cracks in the ground, in uh, holes, caves, in uh, structures called hoodoos that are sand uh, castles created by wind. They had it really rough, mm -hmm. but they had each other. And I think we've all had experiences in life where we look back and it was really a rough time, but it actually was a wonderful time because we weren't in it alone. And uh, sometimes that's the best fellowship we ever had in our lives, going through rough times together. That's what they were experiencing. I think that's why the one another's meant so much to them. They didn't have much else. <laughs> so you would say the brotherly love starts with just an understanding that we're all in this together. Like you're struggling, I'm struggling. This mutual just acknowledgement of yes, we're uh, we're dealing with something here, um, and we have to figure that out. But we're in that together. Um, even even the fact it says brotherly, it's it's family. They really needed each other. They were they were exiles in uh, a terrible world. So and, and so are we. So the question on the table that I have is off of that: Is it okay for us to take care of our brothers and sisters in the church first before going out to society? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I think so. In that, um, 
there's a passage and uh, I, don't, I can't recall where it's at right now, but it says, and especially to the household of faith. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, just like our own families, my, your kids, your wife, my wife, my kids, uh, if you don't take care of your own, you're worse than an infidel and you've denied the faith. Mm. Uh, you take care of your family, but then I think you even use your family to say, we, we as a family need to look outside, mm -hmm. and the church needs to do the same thing. The church needs to take care of itself, take care of widows, orphans within the church, you sure. see? And then, uh, but God gives you the, 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 uh, the heart for the world, yeah. but I think it's communal. Um, it, these people are in, in it as a family, brotherly love. It's, it's uh, where we get this word Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. um, uh, which I've heard is called the city of brotherly shove rather than love. I don't know. I've never been there. <laughs> Sometimes the church can be the church of brotherly shove rather than love. Yeah. But I think times like this can bring out the best in us. Yeah, I think that's hard because we want to take care of our community. We want to take care of the surroundings. Um, but, you know, we often as a church need to see that, hey, the people in our small group, if we're not involved in a small group, the friends that you have within the church, the yeah. relationships that you have in the church. You know, some people think, well, I'm not involved in a small group, so I'm not able to participate in that. But that's not necessarily true. You you have relationships within the church, people that you know. Make sure that they're being taken care of, and then collectively together, you can start to take care of the needs of the community too as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, that verse continues. It says that that you should do that earnestly. That word earnestly yeah. is kind of interesting. Yeah. Have you studied that word? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, fervently, it was actually used of a horse galloping. Right. Just giving it your all yeah. uh digging deep it says love each other deeply it means sometimes you just got to dig in and you know uh running fast the horse you're gonna get tired with time right i i think it calls us to that do it till you sweat <laughs> till till it hurts dig yeah. in deep I, uh, I in my study i looked at it and i found the word relentless pursuit like constantly uh, pursuing just a, a relentless longing to make sure that people are um, understanding the gospel first and foremost yeah. and having that relationship with Jesus and then after that making sure that they're growing and we talked about this a little bit too in the last week's messages the importance of making sure that you're grounded in the Word of God this is a season of uh, where we find ourselves um, inside and uh, we have a couple options we can flip through our phones or we can flip through mm -hmm. the pages of Scripture and uh, we want to make sure that we're utilizing this time to get ready for whatever it is to come um, and that's studying God's word and making sure that we're staying in God's word. Yeah. Uh, let's keep going uh, looking at verse 23. It says, uh, though living and abiding in God's word, speaking of that, um, uh, of what that looks like, Peter specifically says, since you have born again, there's that salvation piece uh, that's there, not a perishable seed, but of imperishable. What's he talking about there, Craig? Not a perishable seed, but imperishable. Uh, the word of God doesn't die. It's always true. Uh, and it's always relevant. You know, people sometimes think that we need to be relevant. The Word of God is always relevant, mm -hmm. and uh, and that's where our power comes from as well. And uh, boy, during these times, you know, we always think, well, I don't have enough time to say read scripture or memorize scripture. Now you have time, <laughs> <laughs> but you can waste it, as you said, by scrolling through and keeping up on the latest statistics. Uh, this is not as easy as it used to be, but I'm personally trying to uh, memorize Psalm 86, and it's got 17 verses. It's not real easy, and it's on the character of God, 
because if it occurs, uh, this summer I'm to speak on the character of God. And uh, so hopefully by uh, June 18th, I think it is, I'll have Psalm eight, uh, 86 memorized. And I have time for that now. Yeah, and interesting that that comes up because I think sometimes we read Scripture a lot and we think to ourselves, this verse that I just read, chapter that I just read, has to pertain to my everyday life. And that's not always the case. Sometimes, uh, all the time, I would say, when we read the Word of God, we're understanding the character of God too. So Peter pushes his audience to study God's Word because he says, "When the more you study God's Word, the more you get an understanding of this God that you worship and how relational He truly is. And the Word of God is, is living and it's active and it's able to do so many things. And when we look at it in the text, we often think, well, that didn't apply to my life. That didn't apply to what I was going through today. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it will be used down the road for you. Yeah. Uh, but what it did do is it taught you to be disciplined and spend time with God as he's teaching you about who he is and the way that he operates right. and works. Um, which is you know, Jordan, I also heard one time that the end of the Sermon on the Mount speaks about the house builders. Uh, the wise man built his house upon the rock and, yeah. and rains descended, floods came, the winds blew, beat upon it, didn't fall. You don't build during a storm. Right, right, better, right, right, right. You yeah. better build ahead of time. Now, you might throw a little shack up on sand, but then you're in trouble. Yeah. And I'll never forget that. You, you better be building now before the storm hits so that you have all those resources. You know the character of God because one day the rains will descend, the floods will come, the winds will blow, beat upon your house, and who, who knows, maybe a virus will come along. <laughs> <laughs> can you think, and I know I'm asking you to think on the fly here, but can you think of a time where you uh, were really glad when you said, man, I was, I'm really glad that I did that before. Um, and then here comes this trial, situation, circumstance, whatever uh, the case was um, in your life where you're like, man, I'm really glad I did that work now because this situation came up. Um, and if, it, if I wouldn't have done it, then I would have been in real trouble. Wow, I, I can't think of one like that. But if I could share with you one that you've experienced. Oh, man. <laughs> and that was at the Pool of Bethesda. Oh, in, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Israel. Yeah. You may remember that was that pool was actually a worship center for Asclepius, this god of healing. And uh, so Jesus, in a sense, taught that I, I, I'm more powerful than that. Mm-hmm. 25 years later, and I've been to this site, too, John is over in Galatia at the worship center of Asclepius. And it's like, hey, I've seen this before. Yeah. 25 years late, earlier, I learned something. I had no idea what it was all about. It was for now. Yeah. And I think those things, those things happen. Well, when you talk about Israel, you know, I mean, that's, that, those things have to be planned. It doesn't matter if it's a vacation or if you're going on a trip or whatever the case is. If you don't plan for it and you get over there, you find yourself just completely, you know, um, not in a good place. You don't know what to do. You don't know where. And it's funny. The trip is really just the pinnacle of what, you know, the planning was. Yeah, all the and preparation. Yeah, if, if, if the trip didn't go well, then maybe you didn't plan for it well. And I think sometimes that's where we find ourselves in life. And Peter probably knew that for his audience is, hey, the more you plan the more these seasons of pain or trials and tribulations or whatever may come, you're going to find yourself more joyful and uh, more glad that you went and participated in that season of rest, um, which is which is huge for him. Um, hmm. And there, there he, he continues and he says, it, because God's word is living and abiding. The word abide is kind of interesting there too, right? 
I think it just means to abide. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reminded of Jesus's words as he says, stay on the vine. Uh, yeah. And we talked about that a little bit in the last, uh, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount that we were at. And Jesus yeah. says, you know, make sure that you're connected to the right vine. Make sure that you're connected to the right source. Make sure that you're connected to the right thing that's going to give you health um, and make sure that you're vital, uh, mm -hmm. if you will. I uh, just read Psalm 37, I believe it is today, and he talks a little bit about grass and stuff like that. So moving into the, mm -hmm. the third thing, okay, 22, we talk about a pure heart, brotherly love from a pure heart, making sure, taking care of the family of God, taking care of um, the community uh, from a pure heart, from a um, one that is uh, loving the Lord and caring for uh, him and seeing his needs, and then living and abiding in the word of God, making sure we're consistent in those things. You move into 24 and 25, and he talks about, this uh, our flesh is like grass and all of its glories, the flowers of grass. Um, and he kind of gives some of these um, uh, illustrations for us, word pictures of our everyday life. But you said something, Craig, as we were kind of talking about this. You said the culmination of what Peter's talking about is now. Yes. He's talking about do it right now. Mm -hmm. um, what is that? What do you mean by that? Well, I heard an expression, and maybe you've heard of it too. If not you, then who? And if not now, then when? Um, it's so so often I think we think we're going to get around to something, mm -hmm. and then it's too late. Um, and this says, hey, remember, you, you're here for a moment, right. uh, and then you're gone like a flower. So I would say make the most of the now of today. Uh, now's the day of salvation, but now's the only day that uh, you're guaranteed to even be here to do anything. Right. And I think... Uh, Boy, at this time in our history, uh, perhaps uh, this could be a great wake-up call to the world that we can we think we strut around on this world and we're in charge when an unseen virus can shut the world down. Uh, that's a startling thing. And uh, in some ways, I think it could be very healthy for us spiritually. Yeah. And to um, teach us to number our days aright, give me a heart of wisdom. Um we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We know that. Yeah, Bethany's dad was in a really bad car, uh, motorcycle accident a few years ago. And uh, ever since that day, um, he always prays, thank you, God, for another day to live. Like he starts wow. all of his prayers that way. Thanks, God, for another day to live. And it's interesting how we look at our perspective a lot and we say, well, maybe tomorrow or we're going to do this. Yeah. And then this situation has happened and we find ourselves here where we're at with all of this um, scare and stuff like that. And plans have changed massively, right? I mean, oh, we yeah. thought we were going to meet up together as a congregation on Sunday. We thought that we were going to uh, see our kids graduate from high school. Like, we don't even know if those are, are going to uh, happen now. Um, they're going to graduate, but who knows if they're going to be able to walk and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so um, thanking God for the ability to participate in our day is one thing, but... I love what you said, which is we need to be active in that day as well. It's mm -hmm. not just standing there and saying, okay, well, I'm going to absorb the Word of God. We can still be doers of the Word, even uh, finding ourselves in, in the place that we're finding ourselves in right yeah. now. So, You know, uh, I work out too. I don't look like I work out like Jordan looks like he works out. <laughs> you can uh, hike me under the table. I, could, yeah, I, I, I am not a hiker at all. <laughs> but I work out at the O'Brien Center, and there's a fireman down there that I didn't see for a while. And uh, then he was back, and here what had happened was he had fallen through a floor. And when he fell through, he shattered his elbow and his heel. So he was gone for a few months, and when he came back, 
I noticed uh, people say, hey, Sean, how you doing? And he has this statement. He goes, blessed with another day and glad to be a part of it. <laughs> and uh, it's really catching, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I found myself saying it and told him, I said, Sean, I, said, I really like that. And I've shared it with people and they like it too. But man, we really ought to mean that. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm blessed with another day and I'm glad to be a part of it. Right. But also... I'm glad to be a part because I can show brotherly love. I can love sincerely. Uh, I'm like a flower that's going to fade, but until that day, man, I'm going to bloom for all I'm worth. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Peter closes and he says, and this word is the good news that was preached to you. That's the end of chapter mm -hmm. one. And he says, this is the word uh, is the good news that was preached to you. And that's something that we need to remember is this is good news. I think sometimes it feels like as believers, we can feel cursed. Um, because the Christian life isn't always easy. It can be very difficult. It wasn't sometimes. easy for them. Yeah, and they're finding themselves all over the place. But, you know, it goes back to what James says, consider it all joy uh, when you face trials of many kinds. So as we kind of wrap this up, um, what we want to do is give you guys a couple of ways uh, to do the one another's with a six-foot gap. Um, yeah. So, Craig, what is like one or two things that we could do to love one another with this six-foot gap that we find yeah. ourselves in situation we're in. Well, let me tell you one my wife Jan is doing. She uh, is calling up a lot of elderly widows that we know from our time at the other church uh, who are not allowed to receive visitors right now. You know, they're in nursing homes or extended care, whatever, assisted living. And uh, they, they are shocked, and it means the world to them. Well, out of that, I've started to do it. Just old friends and so forth that you never have time. And are you okay? And things like that. And uh, emailed a few. Um, you know, we can't greet with one another with a, a, a kiss. <laughs> don't recommend that all the time anyway. But we can, we can uh, wave or whatever. And then one of the most beautiful things I saw was a gentleman in an assisted living center where they couldn't receive visitors. And this was down in Florida where the weather's nice. His son had a, a lawn chair outside of his window and was on the phone and his dad was inside. Talking back and forth. Yeah, like five <laughs> feet from each other, talking on the phone, sort of like in jail. Yeah, yeah. And I, it just moved me that his son would do that, mm. you know, and they were both drinking lemonade or something Hanging like out, that. hanging out. They had glass between them, but they were safe. I, th I think the, tel the telephone, man. Yeah. Another one, Jordan and I previously talked about would be to write write a letter yeah uh, i've heard before that a lot of younger people today have never received a handwritten letter right uh now's the time my know? kids actually just did that and it was funny uh kareen she got the letter done and she put it in the envelope and she wrote on the front of it she wrote grandma in real big letters and uh we were like well, we have to put the address on there. It was so big on the, oh, but she okay. didn't know. She didn't know that, you know, you have to address the letter and you have to have a return, you know, address and stuff like that. So those are some things you can do. One thing that came across uh, the other day that I thought was really neat on how you love one another with a six foot gap is um, we have uh, a couple of neighbors who have set up a group uh, of people in our neighborhood from social media and it's just a way that they can kind of send messages back and forth and let people know what's going on. The kids are decorating the driveways and stuff like that when it gets nice out with some encouraging messages. There are those things that we can do, too. We can utilize technology um, in a big way. A mm -hmm. couple other things, Craig. What else can we do? Uh, 
I think to check on on neighbors, mm -hmm. um, you got to keep the six foot rule, but just knock on the door and yeah. say, everything okay in there? Can I can I get anything? I'm going to the grocery store. Can I get anything for you? Right. Uh, things like that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they're, they're all good things and they're all good ideas. And we would love to hear from you and get your yeah. ideas too as well. Uh, we have created this forum where you have the opportunity to plug in here. You can communicate on here on what you're doing to love uh, other people uh, with that that gap that exists right now. You know, the other thing, Craig, we can't forget about either is just to pray. And yeah. um, we ultimately uh, forget those things to pray. Sometimes, you know, when we ask people, hey, how can I pray for you? Um, we could fill that in with, I have been praying for you. How can I continue to pray for you? What are some other things that I can do to pray for you to make sure that you're taken care of well? Um, you know, I remember uh, just... Uh, back when we were doing hospital visits and stuff like that, going and singing to people and having the opportunity to uh, mm -hmm. sing some of the songs that we know. And it, those things are so encouraging. I think we had to get back to the basics. And that's all these people had in the text, right? Yeah. Peter's audience, they didn't have all the things that we have. We're blessed with the technology that we have. We have to make sure that we're utilizing it and leveraging it properly for yeah. the glory of God. You know, a couple of the one another's that I thought we could do would be... Uh, and you're doing this, teach one another. Mm -hmm. uh, technology gives you fabulous resources to do that uh, at a time like this. Here's one, forgive whatever uh, grievances you may have against one another. Super tough to do. Yeah, a great time to say, hey, I have some time on my hands. I'm gonna just think through, uh, is there anybody that, that I need to forgive? And maybe write that tough letter. Bury uh, the hatchet, right? Yeah. yeah. and. Uh, Forgive that person in your own heart or, or communicate that to them. Um, another one was to uh, uh, to pray for each other. That was it. Yeah. And uh, forgive, to teach, to forgive. We can do that at uh, miles apart, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And prayer. Again, um, prayer is powerful. And uh, it means a lot to people when you say, uh, I'm praying for you. Yeah. You know, I took a... There's a gentleman here, a friend, that is very ill, and I took a picture of this at the Western Wall, the Wailing Wall. You stuffed the little pieces of paper in there, and yeah. I wrote his name in there, uh, Larry Moore, Eternal Life. He took a picture, stuffed it in there, and I sent him a picture of it. I couldn't go see him. And, you know, he's a good friend. He, he's a rough old cob from our community. People know him. <laughs> but um, I got a email back from his daughter saying that meant the world to him that's a small thing you know yeah. i can't go see him yeah 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 uh, absolutely but uh just look for ask god for creative ways that you can do this sure Encourage one another as you see the day approaching is uh, so important to us. We know that this life is but a mist mm -hmm. and it uh, is vapor. It's going to, it's here today, gone tomorrow. And so we want to make the most out of our days. We want to encourage one another as well. Craig, I'm going to have you pray for us, our church, our communities uh, as we uh, get ready to sign off. But um, we want to let you guys know that we are praying for you um, and we continue uh, to look at ways that we can help serve you and our community. And uh, we're open to ideas and things like that uh, as you see fit. Um, also, uh, make sure that um, you're continuing to check in to uh, just the various things that we have going on with our website, social media to keep you guys posted and updated too as well. So, Craig, why don't you pray for us mm, as sure. we close? <clears throat> 
Father, we pray for our world. We pray for our, uh, our country and its leaders. We pray that it would be a, a time of a, a wake-up call, that uh, uh, we, we, we can't strut around on this world. We are totally dependent upon a, on a holy and righteous God who created us. So uh, bring revival to our world, to our country, to ourselves to our churches, and we pray for community gospel that as only you can do, you would turn that which seems to be evil into that which is good, that this would be very healthy for this church and other churches in this community, that, uh, Father, I know of great things that are happening in Bremen where they're, they're pulling together, and uh, we pray that it just brings out the best in everyone, that uh, we realize what is important. And once we do get back together to worship as a body, that uh, it'll be more wonderful than ever before. And we'll appreciate that much more that we can um, actually get close within that six foot uh, range and actually give each other a, a warm handshake and a pat on the back and sit close to each other and do the one another's of scripture. And uh, so we pray that uh, uh, you would bring tremendous good out of this situation that that we're walking through at this time. And uh, we pray all this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.